Howdy, I'm Paul Isaacoder, and this is Author's Dozen, a podcast where I explore barriers to storytelling by writing one novel every month for 12 months. Please enjoy. Yellow. Last week, we talked about putting one foot in front of the other, structured practice, the long haul. Was last week too simple? Well, in a 10 to 15 minute scripted podcast, everything's going to be by necessity too simple. For instance, what is simpler than walking, than running? But I'd as much as guarantee that you're running and walking wrong. How do I know? Because you're not the world's greatest runner. Because you're not in the hands down dumbest looking sport of competitive walking. Usain Bolt, the world's fastest sprinter, may be the rightest of us at sprinting, but I guarantee deep down that it's some microscopic level that he is in fact running incorrectly if you want to walk the line of self-improvement know that it's a crooked gray line and endless so remember that what if exercise just as there's a right and productive way to run that exercise there's a wrong and useless way to sort of trip tumble crap yourself and cry in front of a whole stadium full of people it now I won't go into having bad answers as a problem, you know, like the problem you have when you flunk a test due to dumb, dumb pudding brains. Instead, I want to focus on the problem that so-called talented people have, the problem where you don't finish the test in the first place, the problem of the never-ending story. Let me tell you why I started this podcast. Sure, of course, it ended with me being handed a monopoly over all truth during National Authors Dozen Month. All while surrounded by billions of fawning fans slash loyal subjects. But where did it all begin? It began after a Writer's Digest writing conference. Where you go to write, I guess. I'd gone there with hopes of selling the most perfect, polished bit of writing ever concocted. The Eerie, the product of three years of ever-so-patient, off-again, on-again, writing and rewriting and pitching and prodding. Sure, I'd done plenty of other writing in that time, but those were side projects to The Eerie. That book had my unwavering devotion. It was the basket wherein all of my eggs resided. Every agent who responded came back with a unified answer. Oh, good work. Can't sell it. See, there's a problem with good work. It has to be the right kind of good work. When I mentioned competitive walking, I wasn't messing around. Slovakia got two gold medals in the 2016 Rio Olympics. Half of that pair was for competitive walking. And the guy who won was later suspended for doping in a sport that requires you to have a day job to be able to afford to do it. The world is weird. And say what you will for walking or crokinole or curling as competitive sports, but right now you can't name their leading players like you could for the NBA or NFL. Heck, maybe you like watching bobsledding more than you like watching soccer, but that doesn't change the fact that culture has decided that soccer is more worthy of their attention than watching dudes with muscular butts ride a sled. Okay, walking all this back. Just because someone is a master of something doesn't mean they're a master in the right thing at the right time. All well and good if you're the world's best rocket scientist, but it's probably not going to manifest in financial success if you live before the invention of the wheelbarrow. The comments surrounding the The Eerie's manuscript were universal. I never heard that it needed more work or more talent in the writing department, no matter how true that might have been. 
What I heard time and time again is that The Eerie was a book that, even if it was perfectly written, wasn't going to fly off the shelves and make the agent a lot of money. I love the book I wrote. I love it the way you love anything you devoted your life to for three years. The way you love something you cultivated and crafted until it's as beautiful as you could ever make it. But maybe it's the wrong place and time for that book. Does that mean the book goes away? Does it make it worthless? No! I find myself appreciating Van Gogh's art even more when I know that he wasn't appreciated or paid for it in his own time. Van Gogh didn't curate his paintings to the taste of his culture, but to his own taste and talent. And more importantly, Van Gogh didn't get stuck. He kept painting, kept moving, kept innovating. And what I'm getting at here is one reason why I started Authors Dozen. However good I am as a writer, it's not good for me to write one thing for the next decade. However much I care for something, it's eventually going to be time to finish it and move on to the next step. Who knows if you might be good at something else? Who knows if it's just not the time and place for your current obsession? Let's take a look at all the books I've written in 2020. Uh, Wolf writing fantasy western about life expectations and justice. An AI Frankenstein story concerned with doubt, selfishness, and power. A far future sci-fi fantasy planetary invasion story that confronts greed and misplaced faith. A cat morphing detective noir about violence, vengeance, and pride. So real quick, rank those concepts in your head. You got a favor, right? So like no matter the execution, one of them has a head start in your brain. This is clearly not to say, oh, just create what the committee says is popular right now. Quite the opposite. People usually don't know what they want right up until they want it. And once they know they want it, they already got it from somebody else who did it before you. Who would have thought that a vampire werewolf love triangle would spawn an entire genre of paranormal romance? Who could have guessed that Harry Potter or Fifty Shades or Da Vinci Codes or Hunger Gaming would be so popular, sometimes in spite of their quality as literature? Maybe your first idea isn't your best idea. Maybe it is. You don't find out how good something is by holding it and tinkering with it for the rest of your life. The way to find out is to cast it into the ocean and see if fishies bite. Obsession is a narrowing of focus. Obsession is a dismissing of everything outside of the obsession. And if you obsess over a single work, a single word, a single line... Everything outside of your obsession will begin to wither away. It's like professional tennis players who have one really massive arm that's like twice the size of the other, like a crab. Be obsessed, sure, but be obsessed holistically. Let's go back to running. Is weight training useful? Sure. Is nutrition useful? Oh, yeah. Is it important to actually run once in a while? Oh, you betcha. And uh, you wouldn't be a successful runner until you do all that at once. As a writer, of course, it's important to know grammar, story structure, literature, to be a student of character, history, science, to possess a nature of curiosity and creativity. If any one of those things is missing, I'll be poorer for it, though there are some more important than others. So just as last week I asked you to persevere, this week I'll ask you to know when to stop. There are different practices that will build different muscles. There are different stories that will require different skills. So once the work is finished, finish. 
If it doesn't work for whatever reasons and the agents don't bite or the books don't sell, move on. Don't try to reduce yourself to a single work. You're a human being. You contain multitudes. And that's the final reason I'd ask you to move on after finishing well. No one thing can hold our love. No one thing can handle it. Obsess over one project for too long and both you and it will break. You'll start seeing mistakes that aren't there and ironing out everything that makes your project special. You'll start filing down all the rough edges until you're left with nothing but filings. So before things get too overdrawn, I'll bring this episode to an end. Next week, you guys will have a new book and I'll have a new project with new challenges. I won't give it away yet, but uh, this book is very May 2020. Oh yeah, it's ripped from the headlines. It's relevant, oh my. Oh yeah, I watch the news. (laughs) 